Southern Fried Witch, and it is the night after my birthday, (laughs) and I stayed up way too late and had way too much fun, but I need to podcast, so I have no idea where I'm going. Let's go there. Y'all know there are a lot of reasons that I used to hate my birthday. As the black sheep of my family, it wasn't always, um, well, it just wasn't a good day. When I was little, it was more of something I think that my mother just had to get through. Um, Something that was socially expected, you know, that there would be some sort of uh, party or cake or something. But I was never made to feel special. And there was always this underlying, I guess, anxiety going on in me that I knew I was clogging up her day, you know. My grandma, though, would make me a lemon cake with lemon glaze, um, sort of sweet and sour. She would always make it in a bunt shape, and it was delightful. It's kind of funny. I know there's no scientific backing for any of this, but when I was in my mother's belly, she craved lemons. (laughs) And then I came out of the womb going, give me all the lemons. And while a lot of things have changed, that has not. And so I don't know how I got it in my head. I don't know why I believe this to be true. But over the decades, it somehow got ingrained in me that a birthday could only be good if someone made it so. If someone gave you the birthday. And if they didn't, or if they ruined it and it was stolen away, well, then I wasn't worthy of it. Let me tell y'all a little bit about the birthday magic I've learned and what it's done to change my life, honestly. Because I'm very stubborn, y'all, it has taken me a long time, and I do mean decades, to accept that I'm the black sheep of my family. I fought it tooth and nail, and of course, you know, there are natural things about me that would cause that to continue, and yet being that you know, owning it now is different than what I experienced growing up. Being that when you're young, it can affect your 30s and your 40s. It probably could affect my entire life until I embraced it. To embrace it, though, I had to fully not give a hot rat's ass anymore what anybody thought about me. And somewhere while going through all that, somewhere while, I don't know, somewhere along that journey to self-love, it started to actually become, well, a badge of honor. And birthdays, then by proxy, if I didn't give a shit what anybody thought about me, became the thing I gave myself. After all, I had decided to stay here another year. But it also meant that I knew that I had to bring, as much as possible, my own happiness to the the party, so to speak. And that became magical. Raising my kids alone, there were times where they would show me the way to go with this. So they would go outside and pick fresh flowers or 
there was one year where they got together and took petals from a, a flower and or m- multiple flowers, honestly, and wrote, you know, happy birthday, mama on the counter and uh, little things like that. They started to teach me how to celebrate me. And what they were doing was emulating their mama, <laughs> emulating what I was doing for them. I made birthdays such a big damn deal. I mean, it was from the moment they woke up. My littlest one, my youngest son, he always wanted to go to IHOP and eat all the pancakes. And they had some kind of deal. And that's what we did. Um, He always wanted a cookie cake. And I used to buy it for him even when I was broke. And then I learned how to make it. And we would have huge parties. Anyone I could think of to, to come of all different ages because it was indeed a very happy day. And they started to give me that same energy back as they grew and became more aware of other people's feelings. And now I do it. And of course, I've had to out train myself, out train my brain because it wants to say things like, well, that's selfish. That's egotistical. That's narcissistic. And no, it isn't. Growing up, if I ever spoke up for myself or wanted anything for myself, I was immediately squashed, told I was bad, and I believed I was. I believed it so thoroughly that it got into my uh, got into my DNA, and I had to undo all that damage. So every year on my birthday, y'all remember I'm a witch, right? So I don't do a birthday wish over candles. I do a birthday spell. And last night I had almost forgotten to do it. And we were outside having a great time, just a great time. I really got to enjoy this particular birthday all the way up one side and down the other. And my oldest son was out there and we looked up and the moon is almost full. It's going to be full now, but it was almost full. I believe it's the pink moon, the flower moon. My son saw it too. And he said, mom, mom, you have to make a wish. (laughs) And so I did. And like any spell, I will keep it to myself. But I did wish on that moon. You know, the older I get, the more I believe that I deserve to have good birthdays. And I deserve to have my wish come true. And that really is like the first step in actually getting anywhere. (laughs) It really is. And I don't want to go too long on the birthday issue. I do believe it's critical for us to celebrate ourselves in any way that we can. As long as it doesn't hurt others. I mean, actually hurt others. (laughs) But there are other things that are happening as I get older, and uh, one of them is part of this going wild in my craft, and I'm not, and I I mean I will not, so no one asked me to, I'm not turning to um, any kind of divination method that I could buy at a store to find out what's happening. I'm going the oldest school route I can think of. Y'all know, I think I cut off a particular skill set I had or a thing I was able to do I think I cut it away from me because I was so afraid of it and now it's uh, it's growing leaps and bounds and there's not much I can do about it and I'm allowing it to I'm not in the way of it anymore and that would be these uh, flashes I'm having where I can see an entire situation I can tell how it's going to turn out I usually get them in between Um, going to sleep and actually being asleep in that twilight and uh, within a day or two that happens 
exactly that way. But last night I was trying to go to sleep and no matter how tired I am, and I was very tired, it was very late, I was overstimulated, I had a great time, but I was worn out. But um, no matter how tired I am, I have trouble going to sleep. My mind, it races and I think about a lot of things. And uh, finally I got to sleep and I was woken up, I don't know, about an hour later by the sound of a woman's voice hushing, shushing my animals. It was clear as day, absolutely felt like the voice was sitting beside me. And the first I heard when she just went, shh, you know, very warningly, it jarred me awake. And I looked around the room, did not see anything. But then I heard one of my doggies, you know, scratching, making a little noise. And I think one of my dogs had gotten up to have a little drink of water. There was like light noise going on in the room. Then I'm all the way awake and I heard it again. And it was the same shushing sound to the room. And I went, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> somebody wants me to be able to sleep. Um, a long time ago when I would hear things like that, I would think I was, you know, going crazy. It was very rare, but I would be able to hear someone talking and it would frighten me and I would ignore it. I would ignore it because I had decided I was losing my mind. I was in my 20s and uh, I think I've told this story before, but we were we, the royal we. I was giving my daughter and my son a bath. They were that small, you know, back in the old days where you could throw them in the tub together. And there was no window in the room, and we were all alone, and uh, we were having a great bubble bath, a wonderful time, and it was like something sliced reality, (laughs) the air beside me, and screamed through it just the word, hey. It was a very angry, very masculine voice. It was as if they just really wanted my attention or really wanted to scare me. And really didn't want me there. You could feel all those feelings in that one scream. And I, of course, and all this happens like within an instant. So I hear it. Um, My head thinks instantly, pretend nothing happened. Obviously, you're still losing your mind. (laughs) And keep moving the wash rag and keep washing their hair. And all in that same instant. I noticed my daughter's face and all of the color had gone out of it and her eyes had gone really wide. And then I glanced at my son, who was maybe two, and he was doing that thing where he slowly opened his mouth, taking in air to scream. All of this in one little matrixy (laughs) second as he began to wail because he was so frightened by what had just happened. My daughter said, Mommy, where is the man that just screamed hey? So, (laughs) you know, little kids um, are more able, I do believe this with my heart, to to discern (laughs) if there's something actually trying to talk to you, more able to see things, more able to hear things. We're actually living in an old canning factory that had been turned into a house from the Civil War. And it was very haunted. Of course it was. But I just didn't know the kids could hear what I could hear. Oh, and if y'all wanted to know what happened after that, I took the, wrapped them up in towels really quickly, ran them into the living room, wrapped in towels, and turned on the cartoons and stomped back to that bathroom. And 
I know you're not supposed to do this, but I was so angry. I felt that it was one thing for those entities, ghosts, whatever, to be frightening me all the time and a whole other ball game to scare my children. So I told it what's what and threatened it. Um, I don't know what fire got in my belly. I am a fire sign and basically cut it a deal and told it was the only deal it was going to have that as long as it didn't bother my children anymore, I would listen. It didn't like that very much. It really didn't. I never heard it speak again in that home, ever. But, you know, things would fly off the shelves and break, and we would hear knocking on interior doors, and nothing would be on the other side of it. You get the basic scare-me idea. I've lived in other haunted houses in my life. I've lived in, and it doesn't have to be, by the way, a haunted house for you to have an experience. There aren't, you know, super sanitized spaces in this world. I just tend to live in the ones that should be on Alabama's 13 ghost survey. There are other houses, there are other things that, you know, I've really gone through the gamut. And uh, luckily, I have not been alone (laughs) all the time. Because if I had have always been alone in these experiences, I would have gone back to my original thought process of, well, I'm insane. (laughs) But the ones that are around me tend to like to scare everybody else around me as well. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, let's fast forward through shaking beds and um, strange levitating walking sticks and get to what's going on now. This one is not happening all the time outside of me. Not all the time. But what I'm noticing is that with the visions I'll have, and you know, I say visions and I automatically cringe. It sounds so new age. It sounds so Hollywood. I don't know how other people see things, but I see them as like a Polaroid gets slid in front of my mind's eye and it's just crystal clear for like one second and then it's gone. That's how I see things. Sometimes they're happening right in the moment, which is really creepy uh, to find out later. Sometimes it's going to happen two, three days away. At first, I was only getting the ones that were happening right in that moment. Um, I've told you the story before about the little chicks. I don't remember what episode, so I don't want to retell the story, but there was a rat snake that had gotten into my house and was actually eating my chicks in that moment. And uh, I had a, one of those little snapshots run across my nighttime vision. And it was of my white baby chick with its legs splayed out behind it. And I hadn't been asleep. It was like I said, when I lay down to go to sleep, start to drift and whack, you know. And like I said, I'm not going to go through everything, but I was too lazy to get up and go check. I didn't hear anything. I told myself, how in the hell would a six foot rat snake be in my home? That's insane. These baby chicks are safe. They're in a bedroom with carpet. I mean, we're, we're totally a hundred percent here, honey. So (laughs) I went back to sleep. I didn't worry about it. Woke up the next day, opened the door, little white chick with its legs splayed out behind it. That time, I believe in my heart, I was seeing it as it happened. And, uh, if I'd gotten in there in time, I could have saved one or two other chicks and I didn't. I didn't listen to it. Now I'm getting the ones that are days ahead, weeks ahead. And I write them down and then I hope that they're not real. And then 100% confirmation will come. Well, there you have it. 
awfully long in the tooth, I feel, for me to be getting a new um, gift, <laughs> long in the tooth. So at first I thought, well, I'm losing it. It's getting worse because, you know, I, I thought, you know, seeing things immediately was more valuable than seeing things days or weeks away. And now I realize, no, not at all. I can still prevent these other things if I try really hard. And so I guess I'm just pondering on all of the birthday gifts I get from the universe <laughs> and what I might be able to do with those things. One of those gifts from the universe is not necessarily this one because it occurs to me now as I speak this that I've probably always had it, closed it down, locked it away, and the older I get, the more this stuff, I mean, it's just fighting to get out, y'all. And I'm just coming back around. And I also have to remember that I don't think these things are there for me to uh, shiver against and be terrified of. I think they're there to help me. And that is one of the things I've been learning in my bushcrafting. I spend so much time now in the woods and I spend so much more time unhooked, you know, from social media. I know this is different. This is when I come in and I podcast and then I have to remind myself to get everything up on the page and released to the world, but that's not where I'm spending all of my time anymore. Y'all know there is this wonderful phenomenon about getting older that's very akin to being very young. You can see things better. You can hear things in a way that you didn't hear them before. I sometimes wonder if it's like when you're losing one of your senses and the other ones grow to accommodate that. For instance, I've had scarlet fever as a baby and I'm losing my eyes. I'm definitely going downhill a little faster than I wanted to and don't think I'm going to be able to see things when I'm much older. But my hearing, it's like a wolf. I can locate anything if I have a sound, even the smell of sound. And anybody else around me, they'll get the general location. I can go right to it no matter how far away. Well, not a mile, but you know, a country one. <laughs> And so I think the same thing is happening, but I don't think I would notice it. I don't think I'd be enjoying it. I don't think I'd be evolving as a witch this way, a crone, hag, whatever, if I wasn't spending so damn much time outside. Now, I'm a different kind of witch. Some witches don't like it. They don't want to be outside, but I don't grow. I don't manifest very well. I don't do anything very well if I can't be connected outside which is why the winter months suck so bad. <laughs> but also now, like, it just now got nice around here, y'all. So there's no telling what else I'm going to be able to do pretty soon. Waking up to all these new little skills, I feel like, well, more like Christmas morning sometimes. Y'all know my partner loves to quote a quote I gave him <laughs> about 10 years ago. It's from uh, the book Beloved by Toni Morrison. And it's that, let me see, everything coming back to life hurts. And I would agree with that. And sometimes because of that, I think we don't try because it's going to fucking hurt y'all. And we, we just would rather stay safe and secure and uh, risk nothing. And I don't blame us, but the whole part of coming back to life, well, that gets missed somehow, doesn't it? 
all the wonder that could come with that. And, you know, last week, my um, little cat, okay, not so little, he's really big, <laughs> but he found all my pepper plants that I still had in the house. A bunch of them are already out in the nursery. And he found them and he bit their little heads off. He did. And there were only the stems left. And I was just heartbroken. They had tried so hard, you know, and it was like one or two in those flats that had not gotten bit by him before I interrupted his little uh, midnight snack. And so I left him underneath the grow lot. I left him there because there were two that wanted to live. And I watered them every day and I took good care of those too. And then I started noticing last week what looked like something trying to grow out of the top of that stem. And I've been gardening and farming for a very long time. And I've never seen what happened because almost all of them, almost every one of them started to grow back their leaves. Unbelievable. Absolutely insane. These are the cotyledron. These are the the first leaves. You take those, you're kind of screwed. This isn't a tuber or a rhizome. This is a seed. And it was astounding. Now they're going to take a lot more time. All their brothers and sisters are getting huge and looking so beautiful. So they're going to be probably stunted, but I don't know. They really wanted to come back to life. And so do I. So do I. Um, We were sitting outside last night at my birthday and I was talking about past trauma, living on the streets as a kid, sleeping in a box outside of a, a train station happened to live with this wonderful woman who just so happened to be a sex worker who saved me and uh, fed me cans of tuna, all she could afford, and kept me from meeting a similar fate. And just all the trauma, just so much, you know, I wouldn't want to put you through it. But it's always astounding to think about how many seriously traumatic stories and, and life experiences I've gone through. And it's like every time I've had to decide to come back from that. Well, you know, and I, I don't think anybody would have blamed me if I had made a different choice. I just don't. But this is my nature is to fight and fight and fight. And somewhere along the line, I guess because I didn't notice what the last trauma was. It was so generalized. It was so, I thought, mundane that I should not have had to go through anything. But, you know, it mattered. It hurt me and it mattered. And so now what I'm doing is an overall coming back to life. I've talked about this before. I have a very different way of looking at trauma. And one of my, you know, sticks or whatever is to say to myself, I don't have to throw away the past. And, you know, it's always bothered me to think about wasted time and I don't have to throw it away. The stuff that's back there that, you know, in my childhood, that was very abusive and very rough and traumatic. There were, you know, there were still a couple of good days. There were still some good memories that I can take with me. And even with some friends that I no longer have in my life, I can't have in my life that hurt me or weren't healthy for me. Maybe I wasn't healthy for them. But overall, it's best that we no longer are, you know, in each other's daily lives. There's still some good memories I don't have to throw away. I can go to those and smile. I've always seen myself as a tree. 
And just because a limb gets chopped off, you know, or broken off, or there's a wound, and tree wounds will let you know about themselves, it doesn't mean it's over for the tree. It does mean that that will always be there. Always. But, you know, I could still grow into something really cool. And in this particular case, gnarly, right? (laughs) Something gnarly. Sorry, I'm from a long time ago. But there's magic in all of this. There's magic in the just generalized. I don't accept that I've been through trauma. I don't. No, that's not quite right. Let me redo that. I don't accept the trauma (laughs) because that trauma is bullshit and people shouldn't have to go through that kind of thing. I do accept the me that got through it. The me that was in it. I think she did the best she could do. Given the circumstances, I do accept that I've made mistakes. I think that those are really regretful, but there they are. It's a beautiful tapestry, as I've told you before, of fucked up beautiful. And I would rather be that than perfect. I'm way more damn interesting than a perfect quilt. You know, there are stories here, lots of stories. And along that long ride, I've been granted gifts again. I've been able to see myself grow as a witch and a person and a soul. You know, on my birthday night, the very night that some beautiful voice tried to hush the room so I could sleep, it sounded a lot like my grandma's voice, but I'm just not sure. Anyway, on that night, I've got this thing about wanting to close down a night by myself, and usually everybody wants to stay with me to the very end. So finally, the youngsters, I've got young friends as well as friends older than me. I've always thought that's critical, very important to learn everything you can about people in the world and not limit yourself. But they wanted to stay up. They wanted to hang out, you know, with my son and they were having a good night. So it was after midnight and I decided to go ahead and walk in. And one of the reasons I decided to do that was so that I could have that walk with the moon. And I was able to just slow down in that moment and look up at that gorgeous thing. And I heard an owl, a barn owl. It was so, it was my birthday. It was, it was a present from the universe to be able to be still. And even though some days are hard and even though it's been, you know, 57 wild years, I knew I wanted to go ahead and keep getting old. In that moment, I was like, yeah. And you know what? It is not for the faint of heart. Fat children, getting older, I'm sorry. It's hard. It's very hard. My friends and I, we talk about how our backs hurt. One of my friends just had her knee replaced and is struggling through that. Another one of my friends can't do the hiking he wants to do anymore. His hip is killing him. So, and you know, I'm going blind. So I have to put my hand out to walk usually. It is not for the faint of heart. It is for the warrior spirits, babies. It is for the tough ones. You could go mad here. If you didn't have a certain constitution, you could go crazy here. If you didn't have something solid and grounding under you. And you could get very sad here to watch your friends pass away and look at the passage of time and miss so many things and wish you could have slowed it down. You could do all of that. And quite honestly, the only way I've known to get through it 
is to wish myself that beautiful birthday spell and throw my arms back open and say, bring it back on, honey. All of it. The white hair, (laughs) the lack of sight, the aching back. My back is a real problem. All of it because I want to walk with the moon. Never forget that somebody who's getting old, and I'm not that old, but I do know older people. Never forget that they have that little kid inside of them. Yeah, and if they're still here, they're trying to walk with the moon too before we all become part of it. So don't despair about children. A fucked up beautiful life is more precious and rare than any other kind. That's enough. I know it's rambly. I'm so tired. I'm working on very little sleep. (laughs) And uh, I don't even know if there's anything worth a shit here. I'm sorry. This is the best I had. I had this or an announcement that said, hey, y'all, I had a birthday, stayed up too late and drank a whole bottle of wine. So (laughs) I figured this is better. I may be wrong. Okay, y'all, I'm going to have to go and drink a lot of water. (laughs) And also, I am starting all my sweet potatoes today. Wish I'd done it earlier, but I'm doing the, um, the method I knew all my life for the Okinawa purple and the Korean gold. And if you don't know what those are, look them up. They're awesome. But I'm also going to do the half berry method for some just regular Alabama sweet potatoes. And I've got to get this going. And it's a little late in the game, but I mean, gosh, our weather's crazy, isn't it? So I'm going to go do that. But before I go, I want to thank my new patrons. And y'all remember when you join To write to me and tell me exactly what name you want read. Otherwise, I just use the first one. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and helping me stay on the air. So shout outs to Ella, Kim, Jamie, Anastasia, and Kristen. You guys rock. Sometimes I might accidentally double shout you out. (laughs) And that's because I've lost track of where I've shouted out. So you get two. Welcome to the Bat Children family, and I will talk to y'all next week after I've recovered from my birthday. Don't forget to witchify every damn thing, y'all, including birthdays. Blessed be. Talk to you next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.